with a couple more tight ends in the fold now, can we just at least officially, unofficially say that not only should we be excited for more of the Alonzo Mays, more of the Brandon Pettigrew, more of the Blake Jarwin type of usage, what else comes with that? Oh, I think we're going to like the answers. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by and making this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at AllDayOState. Today is a day that I think, you know, it's good to look back and see the tight end usage, because with a couple more tight ends in the fold now, then that, that's three on top of Braden Cassidy already returning, on top of having Quentin Stewart in the fold, on top of us working all last season and getting Blaine Green more acclimated to that that type of position. This is also considering we have Tabri Shetron waiting in the wings, which is somebody we know can, in fact, develop. What else comes with this, right? When you look back at all of the success that we used to have to some degree with tight ends. What else came with that? Usually it was a running game. Uh, If you guys see down here uh, on the ticker, it's amazing when you go back, because we've talked about before, like I remember when we had, um, you know, Tatum Bell on the show or or even Corey Hilliard. When you go back and you look at the, the film, it's like, It's frustrating because you do see how talented Gundy can be as a play caller. Maybe it's drive. Maybe it's hunger. I I don't know precisely what he needs to pinpoint. But regardless, we've been talking for a few weeks now how it appears as though the shift has been to, you know, big boy area. The shift has clearly been on shoring everything up front so that way we can have a better running game. Gundy has... This is no secret, right? Gunny's talked forever in a day about how he loved the running game that he had. He had the benefit of handing the ball off to the Terminator, Thurman Thomas, and the GOAT, and both college and the NFL, and Barry Sanders, and then just kind of watch the show. So he's always envisioned being more of a running attack. But he also knows that getting guys to Stillwater, Oklahoma, whenever he took over, it was fairly hard to do. We had to keep getting all of the lunch pill guys, right? But so if you go back to Les Miles, when he was a coordinator, he did some crazy fun stuff. And then when he took over as a head coach, he was not only head coach, but he was also coordinator as well. Now, as time kind of drew on, he took it upon himself to decide that maybe it was too much, or maybe he had some assistance. Who knows? Don't care. But again, if we're going to embrace this CEO role, and we're going to embrace the fact that we now have multiple, multiple tight ends, legitimately speaking, and now we've got another one from the high school ranks, uh, Josh Ford from Stiller, Oklahoma. If you look at that film, it's another one. Again, we talk about this recruiting class, regardless of the ones that are going to be able to help immediately or the ones that need a little bit of development, the, the tenacity, the mean streak. 
it's in all of these guys. And Josh Ford's just another addition to this tight end room. So when you see all these tight ends come in, yes, it does appear as though we're going to open the offense a little bit more. Now, how else do you get these guys? You cannot get all these tight ends to visit campus if you're telling them, hey, by the way, come here, be a cowboy back. We're going to do the same thing, X, Y, and Z. There's just, it, it makes no sense. So for us to even be getting all these guys, that means some of the conversations that we've been hoping uh, to have happened are, in fact, happening. And this shift, leaning behind the Ollie Gordon, DeAndre Jackson, Jaden Nixon, and now uh, into the mix, Elijah Collins, not only should you be excited because he wore the number 24 and he, he dominated uh, when he was healthy at Michigan State University, but if you dig back, we're going to talk about, again, the massive benefit to having this new emphasis on tight ends, more 11 personnel, more 12 personnel, you know, more of your multiple tight end looks. Heck, we could even potentially um, use some some sort of uh, ability like in a Braden Cassidy to keep, not the cowboy back acronym, not to keep the cowboy back position because it's been... I don't know. It's been something that we've tinkered with that hasn't exactly worked out. But when you see all this, again, I think the most exciting part is the running game. Yes, this absolutely has to mean we're going to start actually using a tight end in, in our system. The idea of the Cowboy back was to be a hybrid between a tight end and a fullback and do both, right? And it's a good. it was, it was a good idea. I don't know if it's Mac and do. I, I don't know what the issue is. Right to making sure that we had continued success, don't know, but I do know it didn't work. Right, and when you start bringing dudes in to play a position that basically is non-existent, it's it's a wonder how you get any tight ends. So now that we've had a plethora of tight ends come in, the offensive capabilities to me are very clear. To me, the emphasis has been shifted now. The emphasis now is going to be a little bit more old school football. And guys, it's not a bad thing. If you go back and you look at the film of some of the guys uh, I, I put on the ticker down here, look how many guys that, that Mike Gundy has either been the offensive coordinator for, head coach for. I mean, you could even throw again Barry Sanders, Thurman Thomas into being quarterback for. But just if you go OC and head coach, uh, you got Reggie White, you got Tatum Bell, you got Vernon Marinci, you got Dontrell Savage, you got Kendall Hunter, you got Ketoson, Joseph Randall, Justice Hill, Chuba Hubbard, Jalen Warren. The list can now continue because die, do or die trying, we're going to be more aggressive. Whether it works or not, obviously, is going to uh, remain to be seen. But if it does work, you know, and we talk about some of this blast from the past stuff. It's got to get you pumped up. It's got to get you excited. And then even if you look from the wide receiver perspective, um, yeah, getting Arlen Bruce, who we covered a little bit yesterday, was a massive get. He was a four-star kid that went to Iowa over places like Iowa State and Kansas State and Nebraska and Mizzou. So he's going to be somebody that, that, that comes in. He's going to be able to compete immediately. At 5'10", 195, he's significantly different than, than the rest of what we brought in. We know good and daggone well that Leon Johnson III, 6'5", darn near 210 pounds, is going to be a massive problem. And, and guys, here's the thing. Yes, he came from George Fox University. So get ahead of it. Let, let the people snicker and laugh and laugh and snicker because you've got people like Leon Johnson III and Justin Kirkland. Uh, but here's the deal. You cannot 
coach that size and a former NFL scout involved with the university is the one that told him he should transfer because he was light years ahead of everybody else uh, around him at that level. Is it going to be able to correlate to this level? Who knows? We don't know. But again, we went big, and then we also fill a void with the Arlen Bruce, right? Because you lose somebody like a Boogie Stephon Johnson Jr., and now you got to fill that hole. You got to fill that void. And it does. It does look like we've not only done that, but we've done it in a way that it's going to. I don't know. Make people question what their understanding is, because I'm telling you again, all this stuff going around about Oklahoma State, it's crazy when it has nothing to do with reality. But 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 they put it out. Uh, like they actually give 13 craps about Oklahoma State. It's wild to me. Another thing that's wild to me is if you have not got yourself hooked up on some Bilt Bar by now, I would uh, I, I, I would question why, okay? Because if you're looking for a delicious treat and you don't want all the fat and you don't want all the calories, then you have to go with Bilt Bar. What makes Bilt Bar so good? Well, for starters, they actually do everything uh, that they cover it all in 100% real chocolate. And then they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. And if you go to a Walmart right now, you can walk over to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Bill Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. If you happen to be closer to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box. You can hit all of the flavors including, you know, the brownie batter, the churro, and then you can uh, you can thank me later. If you haven't jumped on this ship right here with Bilt Bar, I implore you, you got to do it. Go to BiltBar.com right now. Um, you know, they're, they're candy bar-tasting protein bars with only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. They need to help you do what you need to do whenever you're trying to get your pains and your gains and your swells on. So go to Bill Barr. So yeah, if, if you're just looking at it from a running game perspective, we knew all season that as much as we all love Dom, Dominic Richardson was not the best running back on campus this last season. So if we are in fact, and, and guys, I don't know, I don't know what else uh, we could do other than just come out and say it. I guess that would, that would help too. But just from a personnel perspective, we've kept all of the alignment, we've brought all of these tight ends in, and then uh, we helped on the other side of the ball as well. We knew the defense was going to be potentially talented coming in in 2023. We know how excited they are. We know how fired up they are. We know how much of a brotherhood they they've kind of built on the defensive side of the ball. The offense has some ways to go, but again. If you are just going off of the KISS method, right, they teach you in, in the military, K-I-S-S, keep, keep it simple, stupid. If we know we have Ollie Gordon, we know we have DeAndre Jackson, and now we know that we have people that, that can do a little bit of both in Jaden Nixon and Elijah Collins. Uh, because uh, last time we had a number 24, it was really good. I don't know. You guys might remember this guy. <laughs> Oh, little 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 fellow by the name of Kendall Hunter. He was one of these on these uh, the thousand yards under Gunny Club. And even if you just look at it from like um, you know fullback perspective, like Kai Staley or O'Brien Ward or Julius Crossland, even there's going to be the ability to to emphasize that as well. Because again, the quote unquote tight ends that we have right now on the roster have been doing this cowboy back thing for, for years now. So they understand that the fullback side of it is going to be part of the gig. Now the true tight ends that we're bringing in 
Definitely don't think that that's going to be something that they're expecting and or signing up for. They're coming to play tight end because we're telling them, here we are at Oklahoma State. We're going back to finally using a tight end. So come be a part of this, right? Come be a part of what we're, we know we're adding to, to the mix, which is going to be more passes up the seams, more ability to settle down in the zone, to exploit the, the size and the matchup that we have. We're going to have matchup nightwares all the way across the board, right? We're just going to have that. And if you put that into perspective from the rest of the Big 12, you're telling yourself it's about tag on time. We have been we've been so late to this party. But again, I think it's more important to stress the running game side of things. We know what the strength is. So I think this is again, if we're wanting maturation processes in Mike Gundy, this could very well be one right now. Because if we're going back to old school. Right. What is one? What is the biggest thing, in my personal opinion, that Gundy's talked about forever in a day that you had the difficult time of getting 290, 300 pound dudes to Oklahoma State University, which is why we went away from what he wants to do. He would love to be a running team. He would like to, he would love to be known as nothing other than a running team with the ability to pass. But he knows for a long time you couldn't get those guys to Stillwater. It was what it was. It is a fact. It's no longer a fact. So I think it's, it, it's fair that we find a, put that that horse to bed, right? We don't have that issue anymore. So if this is the next evolutionary process for Mike Gundy, and now because we've got the guys and the size to be able to do this, then I'm all for it because you cannot have uh, an abysmal run game and be successful as we proved last season. If you're under 2.8, 2.7, 2. yards per carry, you're going to be in hot water. And if you look at the roster now, guys, we've got several guys, Tyler Lacey, you know, the reason we were able to scoot him inside because he was pushing uh, almost 300 pounds, at like two, 280, 290. Taylor Materko, almost 300 pounds. Aiden Kelly, almost 300 pounds. Jason Brooks, 300 pounds. Preston Wilson, 295. Casey Collier, you know, he was somebody that, that didn't even make it onto the field, but he was a 300-pounder. We all know everything about Hunter Woodard, another 300-pounder. Joe Mikulski, 300-pounder. Jake Springfield, 300-pounder. Colin Clay, Sione Asi, Cole Birmingham, Caleb Etienne, Calvin Harvey. We've got 300-pound dudes all over this, this current roster. And then you take into consideration that we're going to bring some people in that are going to be immediately beneficial. We already talked about Justin Kirkland. He's somebody that people are going to be like, oh, yeah, it comes from a Division II. Congratulations. Okay, cool. Dude, 6'4", 295. And he can already bench press over 200 or 455 pounds. The dude's going to be pushing almost 500 pounds. I don't care who you are, what size you are. If you're almost 300 pounds and you can bench almost 500 pounds, do you think this dude's going to have a problem moving guys out of his way? I mean, goodness gracious, imagine what he did to all, all of the uh, the D, D2 talent that he destroyed. And we know, again, the, the, the Noah McKinney, he's a guy coming in from UNLV, uh, 6'5". 295 pounds. Uh, Dalton Cooper's coming in at 6'7", 290, and we know he's going he's gonna to slide in right away. From the receiver perspective, again, other than um, uh, Bruce Arlen, Arlen Bruce, whoever we, we got from Iowa, Deshaun Stribling is 6'4", 205. Uh, you know, Josiah Johnson's going to slide in to, to play some of that wide receiver role at 6'5", 240. Leon Johnson, we already covered, yes, from George 
Fox, 6'5", 210. And it just, it blows my mind how we're not, if we're not able to at least look at this stuff from a logical perspective. Arlen Bruce is going to, is a big get. Alan Bowman, we know what he can do. This is becoming a potential rebirth for a lot of big-time gets. We've already discussed ad nauseum that this is the best transfer class we have ever had by 13 country daggone miles, and we keep adding to it. And what we keep adding are the pieces that show you precisely what we plan on doing. Elijah Collins is 6'1", 216. So we're going to have a bunch of Thunder and DeAndre Jackson, some Thunder and Ollie Gordon, some Thunder mixed with some extra speeds, Elijah Collins. Oh, and, and then you add that, that Thunder dynamic with Jaden Nixon, who we know if he can put his foot in the ground and find a little crease, he's going to be doing some damage. So throughout the entirety of all of this process, I just don't want us to get lost in the hubbub of these people who just, I get it, they cover sports, that's great. Uh, I, I think that's fantastic. But if you're if you're spreading the wrong message, then what's the point, right? Because even a high school kid, you know, uh, Jacoby Sanders from Silver High, 6'3", 310 pounds. Um, Ricky uh, Lolahe, 6'3", 285 pounds. It just, it's a good thing in my opinion that we're very possibly seeing some growth from Gundy because what we couldn't get forever, we can get now. Isaiah Kima, 6'4", 295-ish pounds. We're going to have the size to do some damage. We're going to have the guys to do some damage. And we know that Gundy is going to take a much more hands-on approach this time around. So if you look at his offensive coordinator system when he was calling it, and and guys, you can even take this back to Maryland. The dude can be creative if he has a good running game. And because we couldn't get all these big 300-pound type dudes to Stillwater, Oklahoma, we had to be a little bit more creative, which is why we brought in somebody like Dana Holgerson, right? Somebody saying, if you don't have all of this meat and taters, that's okay, because you've got all the fixings around it. So let's make all of the fixings and all of the sides around the meat and taters the best that they can physically possibly be and see what we can go do. And you saw what we could do, right? We found a way to combat the size with speed and, 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 and how quickly we could go, how many snaps we could, we could put up, how many times we could put defenses in a bad situation without the ability to rotate because we had so much speed. Get the ball out of Brandon Whedon's hands in 2.4 seconds. 2.7 seconds. This was an emphasis for quite some time. And then even if you you go into the growth, when you had the diamond formation stuff, right? We've already mentioned Bryant Ward, Kai Staley, right? What JW was able to pull off because of the running game with him and behind him. And this, the people we've already covered, we're not even talking, we haven't even thrown in Chris Carson and Tyreek Hill into this. People like Mike Hamilton had like 930 yards in 2003, almost got 1,000 yards. So this list could be a lot more. Uh, There's somebody else, uh, maybe it was Vernon Marinci in 2001-ish, had like 918 yards. So we've had 1,000-yard backs with 900-plus yard backs right next to them simultaneously. Those are the times that Gundy feels like he can thrive. And... 
I don't know what this system the last few years has been, right? We can talk all day about Gundy's propensity to kind of screw the pooch uh, at times by going far too conservative. And it's very reflective of our record, not only in um, conference title games, but also in Bedlam, which go hand in hand. We wanted something to, to change. And if you're going to put your back against the wall and keep everybody and make adjustments, that's fine. Again, that's all we're asking for. But if this is the new adjustment, I'm down for it. If this is the adjustment that we are we are making, and we're making it very known that we're going to do more running, it's indicative of the fact we haven't last, lost any alignment. There's not a very many alignment in the world that'll tell you that they absolutely love doing a crap ton of pass pro. Right, offensive linemen, they want that mentality, that dirty, nasty, which again, every single person we're bringing on the campus has that. So it should become infectious. Even if some of these dudes don't step on the field right away, give them a year of body by glass or two, let them push the, the locker room, let them uh, provide phenomenal scenarios for the scout team to be able to thrive as well, which again makes your starters better, it makes your depth chart better. We are either going to be able to run the ball in 2023 or we're just um we're just selling it down the river and we've already had the conversation what happens then if we have another seven win disastrous type of season it's time to grow up but if we show up and we look like the new kansas state wisconsin dare i say style of attack and we run it effectively. Okay. If there's not a big panic about, you know, all these receivers leaving, there's a reason. If all of these alignment have decided to stay, there's a reason. If all of these running backs have decided to stay, and we also just got a major steal for Michigan State, they know something. So I think now we can make it at least officially unofficial that it looks like we're definitely right on this one. It looks like we've been shifting this way for for weeks now. I know we love our high-flying offenses. I know we love our Bolitnikoff winners. And we still have some solid dudes at wide receiver. But we got to think, if if we can make this running game work, the wide receivers that we have are beyond suitable. That's the difference. If we're throwing the ball 65, 70 times a game, then maybe personnel-wise, we're not set up for that right now. But if we're going to be able to run it 55 times a game, 45 times a game, heck, let one guy get 20 carries a game, and we can average over 4.5 yards a carry, we will instantaneously be a contender for the Big 12 title which is exactly where we should be all the time, year after year. We are there. The NIL's there. The money's there. Uh, the, the, the facilities are there. Recruiting ability's there. Sustained success is there. The only thing we're missing is the trophies in the trophies case. We only got one of them. We need another conference title or, or be playing for it or at the very least see some positive encouragements for what we have moving forward and this, this this seems very positive to me. Color me excited. Because, again, we know how good Ollie Gordon and DeAndre Jackson and Jaden Nixon and now Elijah Collins can be. 
And we also got the Arkansas uh, uh, transfer running back to walk on as well. This is the emphasis. We're going back to old school, so do yourself a favor. Go watch some of the old school uh, film stuff, right? Go watch you some of the Vernon Marinci and the Tatum Bell. Heck, I mean, you could even, if you go back and look when we had Kai Staley and, and Brian Ward, right? Joseph Randall was a bad mamma jamma. It's not a bad time. We got to fix the things that need to be fixed. But everything else, we're trending in the in, in the right direction. Uh, this latest edition for tight end position uh, has vaulted us to number 40 overall, 247. That's high school and transfer class combined. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, I mean, guys, we, we got to think we did close this thing pretty well. When it comes to the recruiting side of things, we we close this thing out. Um, everybody's pretty happy. Ian Edenfield, 6'5", 260, tied in. Uh, he's going to be brought in, obviously, for a, a lot of blocking packages, but this is an opportunity for him to showcase himself. Uh, we already, I, I think Leon Johnson is going to be somebody that can step in immediately and play. Same with Arlen Bruce. He's got all the talent in the world. Hopefully we get an old school 2019-18 style Alan Bowman. Uh, Justin Kirkland is just a, a, a man among boys in the weight room. Hopefully that that shows on the field. Josiah Johnson from UMass, tight end, transfer 6'5", 240. He should be able to, to fit in right away. He's more of a hands guy. And then our, our, our wide receivers just on Stribling. You know, he's another massive get at 23205. So size, strength, attitude, nastiness, and an edge. That's what we have. That's what we've recruited. So if that's the point, and we're going to show up in 2023 to punch everybody in the throat and send a message like we used to, we didn't win as many games, but we always had a 1,000-yard-plus capable running back all the time. You knew you had to show up for it. It looks like we're going back to that. And now, here's the difference, guys. Here's why we should be pumped. Now we got a bunch of bunch of 300-pound dudes. Those guys that we couldn't get forever and ever and ever, we now have. So if you combine that with all these running backs, 4.6 yards of carry should be laughable. I mean, heck, you can go back um, and you can see there's times you know, when we had like Dontrell Savage and, and Kendall Hunter, some of those guys, but there was multiple times that we had guys average, average over six yards of carry, over 6.5 yards of carry on a season all the time. So I'm all for this. Um, I can't wait to see what it looks like. It's going to be more simplistic. But sometimes you got to go simple. Anybody as always, guys, I love you all. Thank you very, very much for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Lockdown Oklahoma State. God bless. Go, folks. Until the next one. Later, y'all.